Mercer, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 40. 40. I can't believe we've made it this far. I <laughs> can't believe we made it today. We're taping this kind of late on Sunday. and it's Today we had the time change. The yep. time change always fucks me up. I'm yes. going to be screwed up for at least four or five days. Can we just do away with like daylight savings versus standard time? I I'm fine with it because the whole theory was to give what what was it to give farmers extra time in the morning with daylight, um, something like that. Actually, I read something like Ben Franklin originally conceived of the idea. That pederast. Anyway, and and um, other people shot it down. So Franklin wasn't able to make it fly. It started in the 40s during World War II Germany. This is the Germans' fault. Um, put God it in place. Damn Krauts. As an austerity measure so that they could save on coal. And then it was adopted more widely internationally after that. Arizona, for all the shit that it d- does to like people, is the only state in the union, I believe, that does not employ a time change. See, I don't understand the saving coal thing, because it just gets dark earlier. You're just burning it on the other end of the day. They thought somehow that the savings on the back end in the evening would make up for or in the morning rather would make up for it in the evening well because god knows those germans had some good ideas back in the 30s yeah. and 40s <laughs> christ's sake i mean and even if it wasn't for the farmers that's what i always heard and the only way i'm digging in the earth is if i'm still shit-faced from the night before <laughs> so it does me no good i think the important takeaway here is that daylight savings is a nazi idea it's, I'm with you. Whether it's actually a Nazi idea or not, it's terrible. It's two weeks a year. I'm completely fucked up and pie-eyed and brain damaged. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the only minor benefit that it provides, and I, I read this on somebody's Twitter today, was that it starts to get darker in the evening so that if you're the kind of drunk that cares about such things as waiting for sundown. Yeah, because that's always stopped me. <laughs> I generally can wait until noon, but that's... <laughs> I don't care when noon is. You can make it earlier. By then, I'm still shaking off the the night before's drunk. Yeah. Doesn't help me at all. It, yeah, just, it screws me up. I mean, I was up at 6 o'clock this morning. It's, oh, you gained an hour of sleep. Now I'm up at 6 on Sunday. That's not right for anybody. No, it's not. And it's, so, yeah, I've been screwed up all day. And Cat thought it was great, though. No, he didn't. He, Actually, he had yeah, to wait he's been next, all screwed up all day today. <laughs> yeah, he had to wait an extra hour for breakfast. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. So, so the only good part of it was, and I've been bitching about this for months on this show, you know, we've been trying to clear the comic books out of the recording studio, yes. which is really our second bedroom, but we'll call it a recording studio. Yes. That's what we're using <laughs> it for. But yeah, I started a year and a half ago before we even did the show because... Yeah, Someday. I, well, yeah, here here at the home office, it's a, a two-bedroom townhouse, and the second bedroom was where shit went to die. Yeah. Because people don't stay over here because we're just terrible people. We are. So the room's been a half-assed office since we moved in eight or nine years ago, and it's just, okay, we're done with the week's comics. They go in the bag, and we stack them neatly 
on every horizontal surface <laughs> in the fucking room. It looked like like kind of a, a hoarder level. I'm not gonna say five, but eh, three and a half. It's it, it would be the room that would would get professionals called in to to speak with you. Yeah, like do you think do you think on a scale of one to ten you could let this go? <laughs> you start screaming for a safe word. The comic books? <laughs> no, I fucking can't let them go. <laughs> So, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I finally came up with a plan. I'm going to start tackling this. I'm going to get a database program. I've been talking about it on the show for months. And it's finally, today, the last existing fully packed long box is done and ready to go to storage. And there's still about 150, 200 books that I haven't bagged and boarded yet just from the last two or three months. Yeah, because our, our polls are, are spectacular and legendary at our local comic book store. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, there's the normal group of dudes there on Wednesdays. on Wednesdays, and it is a group of dudes, and they're all around our age. Yes. But they've all got kids and college funds and wives and shit to do, and we we, we just got us. All the money just goes straight to the comic yeah. store owner, and he's just, he's fine with it. Whatever you want to add to your pulls, Rob. So. Yes. So, yeah, got about a, another 150. It's probably going to be another... Next Saturday, bagging and boarding books and putting them in the the holding short boxes until I've got enough for another long box. But so yeah, today was the forty ninth long box. It's according to my database program, it's fourteen thousand one hundred and twenty comics. Wow! So, and it is probably the first time I have gone through my entire collection, every single book since I left for college in 1989. Wow. And I have discovered my fucking brother owes me gotta be 500 fucking dollars because there's some shit gone missing that mm. he's the only one who could have done it because he's my younger brother, so he was still at home while I was gone. And conveniently, all the characters and creators that he liked, all those fucking books are missing. <laughs> now, he was he was smart. Yeah. The, the stuff that he knew was my favorite and had, at least at the time, 1989, 1990, you know, had some actual value. He left those alone. He didn't touch any of the Batmans. If he'd touched my fucking first print, Dark Knight Returns, he'd have been dead the first time I came home from school. <laughs> but yeah, didn't touch any of the Batmans, the Daredevils, stuff like that, stuff he knew I was reading a lot. Those he left alone. He went after the shit that he wanted, that he thought I would miss, and clearly... You did. 25 fucking years later, I finally <laughs> realize. And it, not very much of it has a lot of value. It's a, all my, uh, one of his favorites was Manhunter, mm -hmm. when it was Mark Shaw, which nobody ever gave a shit about. Now now that Mark Shaw was on, what was it, Arrow last week, or was it The Flash? Uh, something. One of the two. Yeah, now those books will go up in value. Yeah, I, I don't have them. They're somewhere in the American South right now. He was they, he was on Arrow. Or they've already uh, doesn't matter. They've already been sold for fucking rent money or beer money or <laughs> dog food or whatever the hell he's living on at this point. I have no Green Lantern. None of my pre-crisis or the ones from just post-crisis. The earliest Green Lantern that survived was one I bought right when I got out of school. I've got none of my Mike Grell Green Arrows. Mm. Nobody cared about the Mike Grell run on Green Arrow. <laughs> I liked it. He liked it. I ain't got him anymore. Uh, none of my uh, DC cross uh, invasion was the first big crossover after mm. Crisis. I kept on uh, up on all of those until about 1990. Yet yeah, that shit's all gone. Just conveniently, that had art by Todd McFarlane. That certainly had no value at any given time. <laughs> but the motherfucker 
Well, no, it's uh, he also yeah he took every uh, every Peter David issue of the Incredible Hulk. Jeez. So he left my Todd McFarlane Incredible Hulks, but he took the Peter David, uh, Mister Fix It ones. Oh, yeah, that shit's all gone. Uh, every issue of the Nam I ever bought, I only bought those to have something to read at my supermarket gig where they had a spinner rack. <laughs> but yeah, the the worst one, Sandman one and two, fucking gone. That's not cool. <laughs> he, he and I will have words the next time I see him. Oh, please. He's going to deny everything. Of course he'll deny everything because he lies with every fucking word he always has. <laughs> you know, what he learned from comic books is those supervillains, I think they got a pretty good deal going. Can you hear like boo-boo lip over the phone? Like when you... <laughs> oh, Jesus. It, he, he's always got a story. Oh, no. I, I must have just borrowed them to read them and mom must have thrown them... Yeah. <laughs> now, make no mistake. My mom chucked my comics a few times throughout my childhood. I have no Bronze Age you know, or, or early 80s books because, yeah, we would move and stuff would get lost. But by the mid-late 80s, as I'm polybagging stuff and saying, look, Mom, these books are worth this if they weren't missing. Maybe I'd have a down payment for college. She left them alone. But he'll have a fucking story or some bullshit. How much is Sandman number one worth? I honestly don't know. It's got to be at least 30 or 40 bucks. I mean, yeah. you, you can't retire on it. But, I mean, that's the other thing. Those 49 long boxes, only two of them are ones where I'm like, these have value and I don't want to just give them to storage. Yeah. I mean, it's not even giving them to storage. It's uh, These are ones I want to be able to put my hands on just in case or you know, if the storage people you know, have a problem. or You're going to have a hard time finding There's one or two comics price guides online. But yeah. most of them you have to be a member. It's so, like the one thing that Wizard Magazine was actually useful for. They weren't that <laughs> useful for it. They just inflated the shit that they were hyping up. That's true. So, but yeah, there's one or two, and I don't even know how accurate they are. I mean, I, I clearly with two out of 49 long boxes that have any kind of value to them, I'm, I, I don't buy them yeah. for the investment. Yeah, I learned a long time ago, I ain't retiring on these unless I build a hut out of long boxes, and that's where I live. <laughs> It's a bunker made out of long boxes. But it's it's the principle of the thing, you know. I bought those books when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. I, I wasn't made out of fucking money. Yeah, it's just not cool. Just, I'd rather my mom threw them out because she, w- she wouldn't have known better. Yeah, it's like yeah. an honest mom thing. Yeah. yeah my, my grandmother, I've said this on the show before, my grandmother did it to my dad. It's, it's what moms do. I, I think it's part of being... A geek. Right now, we sort of rule the world, but... <laughs> the second my dad moved out of the house after the wedding, like the following weekend, his comic books and his baseball cards all went to a VFW yard sale fundraiser for like 10 cents a pop. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I, <laughs> you know what I think happened in one move? And this is when I lost all my first-run Star Wars cards, too. Uh, it was uh, the move... It, my dad was transferred. And they, this is back in the 70s where companies would help you do this kind of thing. His company hired movers you know, to help pack up the house and everything. And there was one particular mover who got along great with kids. He was more than happy to talk with us. And apparently he was... And then lured you to a van. Was there candy? I didn't need to be lured. He was a goddamn <laughs> handsome man. But, but no, apparently he was... While everybody else is moving furniture and stuff, he was individually wrapping and taping Star Wars figures. 
So he's probably doing the same. He's probably wrapping Star Wars cards. My mom probably just quartered him and said, give me that shit. Give me those comic books. He just tuck, <laughs> chucked them in the trash just so we could get the hell out of the house in less than six months. I can picture your mom doing that, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it, you know, at least that's honest. Moms aren't supposed to know. Yeah. You know, the idea that any of this stuff might be worth anything really until the late 70s, early 80s never occurred to anybody. Right. And by then she stopped. No, it's just uh, I was out of the house. You know, nobody was watching my shit. You know, I, I kept my stuff in filing cabinets. You know, certainly those are locks that can't possibly be broken. <laughs> Every filing cabinet you buy at, like, Walmart, the same key will open every one that's ever been fucking manufactured, ever. I'll have it's to It's all that. the same lock. <laughs> so, oh, just frost me. And it's, you know, not like I was doing this year and a half of cataloging books, hoping like hell I'd find Mark Shaw Manhunter number eight, <laughs> where he fought his personal demons and maybe his puffy hammer pants. Ah, uh, puffy hammer pants. I'll write the, that down. It's kind of his costume. <laughs> Just this big, puffy, half kabuki, half ninja thing. It was you know, relatively cool looking compared to you know, the Manhunter costume in the 70s. But but yeah, it's just uh, the, the Sandman ones really kind of hurt. Cause, yeah. You know, that, that was a point of pride. Uh, nobody, Sandman wasn't really on anybody's radar to start with. It had one or two full page house ads that I just thought looked cool. The I will show you fear in a handful of dust. Yeah. Yeah, I vaguely knew who Neil Gaiman was because I'd read Black Orchid, and frankly, it didn't do a hell of a lot for me. Oh, he left me Black Orchid. You know what that's worth? Cover price. <laughs> and I want to read it again. But so, yeah, I mean, none of the stuff that he took was <laughs> will put me into a higher class of nursing home. <laughs> but yeah, oh, son of a bitch! I knew I never should turn my back on him. Now you know. Should have lobotomized them before I went away to school. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, it, after 25 years, it's it's just a violation. It's yeah. like I I found out that he was fucking my high school sweetheart and dipping into my wallet to pay for the hotel. It's <laughs> That's You made a, a you, you made an analogy. <laughs> well, <laughs> And you made an ugly face when I did it. So that means it was either a good one or a bad one. Made me not want to picture it. Well, I didn't want to picture it either. Let's just say just say my little brother ain't getting shit for Christmas. So, yeah. But nobody steals that shit anymore because geeks own everything. We do. And, and the proof is just this week. It's This is going to be yet another episode where... We're going to talk about comics-related stuff. Uh, this one's all about Marvel Studios. Well, before we get to that, though, in terms of like geeks owning stuff, um, Rhode Island Comic Con. We just take a brief detour there. Yeah, and we have no first-hand knowledge of this beyond we live. We can get to We're Providence. about an hour and a half away from Providence. Yeah, maybe a little less. So yeah. we, we thought about going and due to crappy weather and just terminal physical exhaustion from the week Malaise. we had. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> ennui. Yeah, we we looked at all the guests, and the big draw for us was was Jim Steranko, and we yeah we saw him at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, so. and it was a good it was a good time, but we did that. <laughs> yeah, so so we decided to let this one pass, and again, we've got no firsthand knowledge of it, but based on the press reports, and you found most of them. Yeah, um, 
it sounds like it was an absolute I, the the word I saw used over and over was clusterfuck. Um, that seems is a word. As though um, altered reality entertainment. I think that's the name of the people doing it, uh, organizing the convention. Oversold the tickets past capacity of the building that they now, were holding it in. To be fair, all the stuff I saw says they're denying that it was oversold. Okay. In any I'm event, just, in in the interest of of balance, they're yeah. they're denying that was the case. Oh yes. At, at face value, it, it looks like it was fucking oversold. <laughs> um, but there's there's accounts that people were um reporting to um, Providence television stations and posting to Twitter of people not being allowed in fairly early on because the fire marshal said that they had already reached capacity in the building. And so the fire marshals in Providence do not fuck around because, yeah. you know, that's where the station nightclub fire right. was. Yeah, they ain't getting hit on that again. Exactly. So um, we've had our first brush with what they call a nor'easter this weekend and today it brought some uh, scattered snow and sleet events yesterday it was just wind and rain and it was cold as fuck so people were outside in the wind and the rain for several hours before they either gave up and went home or finally were let in and as of today at least there has been no discussion at least that's been publicized, of any refunds or um, plans to compensate people who didn't necessarily get in but who did pay for tickets. The reports, and this is out of Bleeding Cool, so take it with whatever grain of salt you will, um, today were that they were honoring Saturday tickets, but that by noon, again, the building was shut down by the fire marshals without letting people in because they'd reached capacity. And... God knows I bitch every year about the hell it is to get tickets for San Diego, but we've never faced, the closest we faced to anything like that was the second year we went, and we just didn't have a chance to pick up our tickets on Wednesday, so on Thursday, just the line to get tickets was about an hour long. Yeah. But then once you got your laminate, you know, it's in and out, and it's in and out every single day. You know, they don't fuck around, because, yeah, they don't try to sell tickets at the door, you know, they sell exactly as many as they possibly can get in, yep. and then it's all then it's set. Done. <laughs> Boston Comic Con, we haven't had a bad problem with it. We've gone the last couple of years, and uh, we kind of got lucky in 2013 because, yeah, we got there early and just happened to find the right line yep. and had pre-bought our tickets, so at least we had the barcodes so we could skip the major rush to buy tickets at the door. Yeah. But even then, we learned from that, and with Boston Comic-Con, you can go in the day before and just pick up your wristband, Yep. which we did last year. It's kind of a pain in the ass to get into downtown Boston on a weekday. You know, we live right on the outskirts, so, but to get right downtown, and and, and the, was it the Seaport World Trade Center? Yep. It's not near any subway stations or anything, so it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to, but totally worth it, because, yeah, you could just walk right in. Didn't have any problems like that. Right. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad we decided not to go, given my general exhaustion for the entire fucking weekend. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you want the smaller local conventions to do well, though. Whenever, whenever you get frustrated going to the bigger ones, you're like, oh, you know what? If I get tired of this, I can just go to my local mom and pop ones. I can, you know, have a, a better experience, easier to, 
to get access to you know people for signings, photo ops, uh, panels. But then you hear stories like this where something has been mismanaged so that people who may have been going to a convention for the first time, this could sour them. And, you know, that's unfortunate because you want conventions to be a positive experience. Yeah, well, let's also be fair. It looks very much like it was mismanaged. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. You know, this is also Providence, the town that made Buddy Cianci famous. (laughs) For all we know, the wrong palm wasn't greased, and yeah, somebody in the fire marshal decided, eh, fuck you, and I think you're done for right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll go buy my own lunch, and maybe we'll let somebody in, and I, we don't know that that's not the case. Yeah, that's you know, true. Providence is not uh, the bastion of ethics. <laughs> Providence doesn't know what bastion means. <laughs> so, it looks like it was mismanaged. There was clearly very much a problem there. Yes. But uh, yeah, that would have been pure, we wouldn't have stood for it no i mean we've got enough disposable income Uh, number one we're smart enough we don't need vip passes (laughs) (laughs) i don't need to get that close to the the cast of whatever sword and sandals epic is going on on (laughs) stars today (laughs) i I don't need (laughs) i don't need my ass signed for tattoos or anything of that sort spartacus the herpes cycle yeah (laughs) so so we I'll put that down. I don't think that'll get us kicked <laughs> off of iTunes. But, uh, yeah, you know, if we were $50 a piece in the hole and we'd stood there for 90 minutes and the line hadn't moved, we'd have walked. And we'd have been more than happy to come back and give firsthand accounts of what went on. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad we skipped that one. It's kind of a bummer because I've never heard about this thing happening there before. And we kind of thought about going last year and there was yeah. a similar kind of thing. You know, eh, nobody's really jumping out. And One thing that was verified um, that went down during uh, this convention, Eliza Dushku apparently had her handbag, um, a Louis Vuitton handbag, stolen from her by costume thugs <laughs> who were caught on hotel security at the Omni um, and eventually <laughs> caught. But it was quite the to-do. So, Faith was robbed by supervillains. Yes. In Providence, Rhode Island. Yes. That's the shittiest fucking comic <laughs> book I've ever fucking heard. Well, they found they found the the perps eventually and and she got her stuff back, but you know, that that that's the kind of shit that's going on, apparently. And again, to be fair, I'm sure handbags are stolen at every comic book convention in America. Oh you know, yeah. We've never had a problem at any of the one, the ones we've gone to, but we also don't rock a lot of Louis Vuitton. I don't. I don't own a piece of clothing that I that I think I bought elsewhere from a comic book convention. I don't think you bought the pants at a comic book convention. But no, I, I stole them from a uh, Anthony Stewart head. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I had a better escape route than these hooligans at Providence. <laughs> Didn't realize you guys shared an inseam. <laughs> I don't have a response for that. I mean, <laughs> I'm Irish, he's English. (laughs) Need about the same amount of room, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, all right, that went into a blind fucking hole. So yeah, I will be interested to see the final post-mortems as they come out. Because yeah, in 2013, people were pretty brutal about Boston, even though it was not nearly that big a deal. But there were people who waited in line for two or three hours for that one, and it was a kind of a shit show in the in the back the back end of it as people complained about it so yeah what are you looking for in the internets 
Uh, I was just looking to see if there was anything going on with that that's a verified news story beyond Bleeding Cool. Um, apparently the last tweet from the official Rhode Island Comic-Con site uh, says, Hello, Rhode Island Comic-Con fans. We are not oversold, all caps. <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone loves our show so much that they don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of have to take that into account, don't you? People are going to leave and come back. Well, that's where I'm just saying. Like, only it, asshole leaves at the convention center. If you know that your convention center only holds X number of people, then it shouldn't matter if they don't leave. <laughs> yeah, it's just based on that tweet and i'm again i'm speculating i don't have all the information but it sounds like yeah they wanted to cut it as close to the bone as they possibly could okay now assume 15 percent of people leave between 11 and noon to eat and 15 more percent we could just rotate people in and out and you know x percent of people will pass out from exhaustion in their deadpool costume and <laughs> will be rushed to find providence hospital and <laughs> And certain of our celebrity guests will leave chasing after punks who've stolen their shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, for something like this, I don't know what the profit margins are in conventions. You hear about enough of them yeah. that just die on the vine in their first year. But, yeah, it sounds like they, they might have cut it a little close. Yeah. So. Well, better luck next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to pre-buy at this point. No. But. All right, so better news. Better news. Yes. Yeah, where where the geeks are actually winning. Yes. So yeah, it, this week was all fucking Marvel Studios. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it started off with a well, it started off with the leak of the uh, high definition Avengers Age of Ultron trailer, which was supposed to premiere uh, on Marvel's Agents of Shield on what is that on Tuesday? That's Tuesdays, yeah. I can't keep track of when these things are on anymore. The TiVo gets them, and I, I watch them at some point. Yep. But yeah, it leaked. So what was it? Sunday night it leaked. I believe so. And uh, yeah, for a while Marvel was doing the standard, you know, try to tamp it down with cease and desist orders. And so actually, it, my favorite was uh, it leaked, and then the Marvel Entertainment Twitter responded, "Damn it, Hydra!" Damn it, Hydra. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Because yeah, what, what they wound up doing at some point overnight into Monday was just saying, all right, fuck it, we'll just put it out ourselves. Yeah. Which was a cool response. You can't stuff that kind of genie back in the bottle. Not, right. Not on the internets. Never going to work. So, yeah, what they wound up doing then is for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess it was because we weren't at that panel because you will never force me into Hall H <laughs> at San Diego, um, was the... Uh, the footage they showed uh, at the San Diego panel yeah. is what they showed, which had a whole big opening scene plus what amounted to the trailer. So we wound up getting some extra that we wouldn't have anyway because of the leak, which is kind of cool. Thank you, they... Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that because we just watched Captain America Winter Soldier on Blu-ray last night and all I can picture is Gary Shanley going, Hell Hydra. And I... <laughs> Whimpering. That's just creepy. And stick his tongue in your ear and see, there's, there's no weekly up, goop. There's like no, what? There's <laughs> weekly goop. That could be. There's no upshot for working for Hydra. There's just inappropriate man touch. 
and whis- ear whispering and yeah it's it's just not <laughs> not something I want to be involved in so so <laughs> so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I got a shower now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like everybody else in the free world, we we watched it about uh, I don't know 20, eight, eight 20. or ten times. Yeah, <laughs> and watched it again just before we started taping. So that opening scene with everyone drinking and fucking around, yeah, was really kind of cool. It was very Brian Michael Bendisy. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it looked like a long panel with talking heads, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, the whole gag with trying to move the the handle and it, it was cool to see Rhodey there. And Captain America, if I if I was watching it correctly, he did move it just just a touch. He, yeah, he managed to. Yeah, and you hear a little scraping sound as yeah. he can sort of get it to move, and the look on Thor's face <laughs> it was priceless. Just, yeah, <laughs> son of a. <laughs> but uh, it was it was. Cool that was Rhodey was there. Didn't see Falcon, didn't see Bucky. Right. Yeah, I'd imagine on the long term we'll we're at least gonna get Falcon. Hopefully. Yeah. Certainly didn't see Vision. Nope. Because yeah, that's they're gonna hold that reveal until Yeah. Until the whole movie leaks about a week before the thing <laughs> opens. Thank you, Internet. But um and yeah, hearing James Spader just chew the fucking scenery yeah. as Ultron, that was really cool. And there were some, uh, a lot of fast flash scenes where you can only take a certain amount out of it. I'm not certain why we saw ballerinas at some point. Uh, I don't know. My best <laughs> guess on that is we're going to have some kind of more fleshed out origin for Black Widow. Probably. Either that or Bruce Banner did very strange agility training as a child. It's... <laughs> Um, <laughs> might be Tony Stark. I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd out. be more likely to go with Tony on that one. Yeah, there's a so, reason Tony, you know, has a demon in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I could watch the Hulk and the Iron Man Hulkbuster fight for day. I would go days without sleep and spend <laughs> hundreds of dollars to watch that on an IMAX screen for like 15 minutes. Yeah. That's one of the since they flashed the Hulk, but didn't they flash the Hulkbuster armor in Iron Man three? They did, they did. Yeah, it's a suit when I, when when all of the suits assembled. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've been waiting a full year and a half to see that. I that's got my for. I won't go to a midnight showing because I'm drunk at midnight. But uh, <laughs> the, the first actual day, I'll go just to see that. One thing I did like was that little flash of a scene of the Hulk putting his hand up to Black Widow. Yeah. The, very gently it seemed now on one hand it's like oh all right more beauty in the beast shit but part of what really worked for me in the first avengers was the fact that black widow had every situation under control she could manipulate anybody be it russian general to loki, loki yeah <laughs> but if she even thought hulk was going to be there she visibly panicked yeah so yeah i want to see how that plays out that's very interesting to me um I don't know, anything I'm missing, anything you saw on it? The twins. The twins. Yeah, see, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't care about Quicksilver (laughs) and the Scarlet Witch. I just, I'm trying to, I was saying this before we started taping, I'm not entirely sure if I can envision a world in which Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch exist where there is no Magneto. Well, I'd have to go back. See, when I was growing up, I want to say them being Magneto's kids was a later 
development. I'm not sure when. Okay. I, I know growing up, I mean, <laughs> the weird thing I say, I don't give a shit about the Scarlet Witch. The very first comic book I ever bought when I was five years old was Marvel Team-Up, Spider-Man and the Scarlet Witch. So Scarlet Witch is the second superhero, the the first just comic book superhero I ever saw. Mm. Yeah, I knew who Superman was from Adventures of Superman. I knew who Shazam was, Captain Marvel from the Shazam TV show. I knew who the Super Friends were. But and yet I just don't care about Scarlet Witch. But I I wanna say them being Magneto's kids was a later development. Okay. So it's something you could certainly write around. And certainly with everything Marvel has done to try and make the inhumans front and center. Yeah. I I guess the the easy fix there is uh, they're inhumans. Yeah. Yeah. Or I... there's some Hydra experiment. I mean we saw him in the post trailer sequence of uh Captain America Winter Soldier. Right. You know, th- they could easily have been... Boy, we're talking Nazis a lot in this episode, but Nazis were known to experiment on twins. And... Were they now? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> so that could be an easy write-off, but yeah. I'd guess they'd go in humans. That would make the most sense. Um, I'm trying to think what else in there. I'm... I think, did I read somewhere that both Loki and Hemdall are going to be in this also? I think I saw that today, actually. But I didn't see them in the trailer. Yeah. Well, you know, Tom Hiddleston is such geek girl bait. They'd be suckers <laughs> not to just slap a contract in front of him and stick him in every single movie. Yeah. We'll probably see him in Big Hero 6, for Christ's sake. <laughs> just show up and, like, cackle, like, rub your hands together, and then you can just walk off screen. It's yeah, good. just just smile all <laughs> evil like you're broken inside, but some kind soul could fix you. <laughs> if she just loves you enough. That's right. We'll just, we'll just keep <laughs> writing the checks. We'll fly you in. You just put on the goddamn green suit, smile evil all like, and then you can go do your fucking jaguar commercials <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I think i saw they were both going to be in in age of ultron but i'm not entirely sure because i'm just you know i'm curious how these are gonna play out into each other and we know that there's going to be a civil war movie coming up and then they're going to do ragnarok for the next thor movie which to me means that that leads into fear itself <laughs> Oh please, God no! Um, all right, so, all right, so, all right, so let's jump to that because the other big event this week was all right, the Age of Ultron stuff was Monday and Tuesday. On Tuesday, Marvel Studios had a special event uh, at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. It's a great name because I guess the El Hulk Smash was booked. <laughs> um, that's the that's dumbest joke I've ever fucking told. Hulk I apologize smash. for that. Is that, but, is that like a porno theater? Um, <laughs> no, that's that's the uh, Iron Gauntlet <laughs> over on La Cienega. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I've never been to L.A. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, Somebody just got really excited for a second. They know us! <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you free tissues. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hand sanitizer. I'm kidding. We don't have tissues. <laughs> we power wash the floor once a year, whether it needs it or not. <laughs> um, but yes, this special event at the non-porno theater, <laughs> the El Capitan, certainly non-porno theater. El Capitan I, and Tennille. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We've gone down a rat hole. We're never coming out of this. This show's canceled. 
Anyway. What happened at the El Capitan? Uh, the arcing ropes of jism. <laughs> I- <laughs> Was it on like 24 FPS? <laughs> It's oh, like no. all cinematic and stuff. Oh no, they they went full <laughs> Hobbit sixty frame for that shit. You, you don't want to miss a, a quiver. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but pause, you were saying pause for beer. <laughs> ah, drink the pain away. Okay, yes, Marvel announced Phase Three. Everything they got in the pipeline that hasn't already been announced coming out uh, from 2016 through 2019. Okay. Um. So, yeah, uh, list them off in order. We got Captain America Civil War. Uh, that's May 6th, 2016. Okay. Doctor Strange, November 4th, 2016. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it's been moved up to May 5th, 2017. Yep, Thor Ragnarok, that's July 28th, 2017. Black Panther, November 3rd, through ta- 2017. Uh, Avengers Infinity, Infinity War Part 1. Okay. So they're going clearly full... Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Hobbit. You know, how can we string this fucker yeah. out? How can yep, we yep. turn ten dollars into twenty? Just pa- hire Bendis to let him decompress it. You'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> whole movie will be the Avengers just shooting the shit around the table. <laughs> um, that will be uh, May fourth, two thousand eighteen. Uh, Captain Marvel, July sixth, two thousand eighteen. Inhumans, November second, two thousand eighteen. And Avengers: Infinity War Part Two, May second, two thousand nineteen. Wow. So, basically, yeah, we know what's coming up for a while. Um, what doesn't seem to be coming up is Ant-Man 2. <laughs> I don't think anybody's really planning on Ant-Man 2. Not unless it does spectacularly well in the face of all that has happened to it so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in 2007, I'm sure nobody was planning on Iron Man 3. Sometimes this shit just happens. and Yeah, and I'm... I'm I. I bet they were holding off on anything to do with Guardians of the Galaxy until after it turned out to be a hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt. That's that's why we're hearing about this stuff now. Guardians of the Galaxy apparently is the second highest grossing film this year. What's the highest? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was Captain America Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy beat it. I, so. I, it was something I saw on Twitter just before we came upstairs. So Jesus Christ, we're getting all our fucking information from Twitter and Nazis today. <laughs> well, Nazis after the fact. <laughs> okay, as long as we're as long as we're a degree of separation. Like Kevin Bacon. No, don't, Kevin Bacon's a Nazi. What? Um, That's slander. Goddamn it! You'll get <laughs> us killed. I I didn't directly say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. So, yeah, I mean, we got a pretty good idea of how the story is generally going to pan out over the course of the next few years. Yes. Um, Because one of the interesting things to me was just looking at the trailer for Age of Ultron. um, It really had kind of a Empire Strikes Back, this is the Dark One vibe, which makes sense in genre trilogies, especially since Empire Strikes Back. That's just how these things tend to be structured. But I was as I was thinking about it, it's this is really not just one story where the next Avengers becomes light. There's a whole lot of story going on in between. Yeah. So if this is the dark one, does that mean Civil War is where it's all resolved? So it'll be interesting to see if Joss Whedon is going full Empire, even mm. though he's gone on record saying he doesn't like Empire Strikes Back. Or didn't think it was 
didn't think it was his favorite. He didn't like the cliffhanger aspect to it. I didn't either when I was eight. I got over it. Very angry when I was eight. I had no problem with it. I was I was bullshit. I hated that I had to wait three years, but it's not like I wasn't going to go back to see Return of the nah, Jedi. I was, I was fucking bullshit about it. I, it was so bad that I, I bought the uh, the novelization of Jedi before I went to go see the movie because we always ended up going to like some second run because my dad was cheap. So I, <laughs> I read the novelization of Jedi before we saw it, and I spoiled it for my parents, and my dad was pissed at me. <laughs> so I always read those novelizations because I've never cared about spoilers. I really don't. I didn't care about... It wasn't about spoilers. I needed to... The cliffhanger pissed me off. I needed to know how it was going to get resolved, so I bought the book. (laughs) See, and again, I was eight, and you... Look, you went to a better school than I did. You may well have been far more sophisticated than I was when I was eight, but to me, there was enough stuff that was revealed. I took on faith when, when Darth Vader said, I'm your father. I took on faith. Yep, that's the truth. Okay, I've learned something. That was awesome. Wonder what I'm going to learn in the next one. See, I was like, he's the bad guy. Yippee, your dad. No, no. I need to find out what happens. This is this is wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> I had no problem with that whatsoever. I just, yep, okay. Maybe my suspension of disbelief was just that much easier for me to heft than yours. I don't know. I was angry. <laughs> I was very angry. You're loud. <laughs> So, but I'm over it now. That's now it's my favorite. It's my favorite Star Wars movie, so. as well. It should be. This is America. You have to think <laughs> that. I think so. So, Joss, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he he has a point. It just didn't bother me when I was eight. So, and I certainly doubt that Age of Ultron will end on a cliffhanger any more than the first Avengers did. Right. You know, none of these. Things, even though it's a continuing story, they've been pretty good about. Yeah. Th- there's there's some threads dangling. You know, Nebula escaped in Guardians of the Galaxy and Thanos is still out there, but the main story gets resolved. Yes. So so I doubt we're going to see massive cliffhangers. Yeah, although, the, the way it looks... All right, well, let, let's start with talking about Civil War. Okay. Um, And we talked about, because there was a rumor going around that Civil War was the direction that Marvel was going in. Yep. Um, and in the last couple, three weeks, we talked about that extensively under the the idea that maybe Avengers 3 was going to be Civil War. Yeah. Um, By apparently pulling it into one movie, they really... It it probably makes a lot more sense for them because it it allows them to eliminate a lot of the cruft and extra stuff that would have been problematic for them to deal with, such as they ain't got Spider-Man, they don't have Black Goliath, there's no Clore, Clone (laughs) Thor. So... So yeah, it just it can boil down between two guys, and it sort of looks at face value at this point like maybe Tony Stark, you know, gets the come to Jesus feeling of, wow, just left to my own devices, I almost destroyed the world by fucking around. Maybe I need some government stooge to put his hand on my back and tell me <laughs> what to do. Maybe. So it, yeah, it gets it down to two guys. At least that's the way it seems. The problematic part about that is it kind of forces Tony Stark to be the bad guy, just the way he was in the book. That was a serious fucking problem and required Matt Fraction to have Tony's entire brain rebooted to not make him a colossal douche boy. Well, or... um, I I think... I think that it, it's going to be ironic because if they go in this direction, Tony will see it as he is becoming more mature. 
and and beginning to do the right thing whereas they've already laid the the seeds in uh captain america winter soldier that if actions a government take takes um supersede individual liberties then captain america has to side on on the side of individual liberties yeah and there yeah there'd be a certain amount of irony in his having that reaction but in the movies tony has always sort of i don't want to say gone the way the wind blows but he he doesn't he doesn't really they, he just does stuff he does stuff and he assumes he's right because he's really smart yeah and the only time that's kind of gone wrong for him was the beginning of iron man 3 where he had his panic attacks because nobody, <laughs> nobody was going to let him just be shit-faced for the first two or three movies. Yeah. And I maintain Iron Man 3 is as close as we're getting a demon in a bottle. Oh, absolutely. They're not going to do it properly. Substitute <laughs> panic attacks for Tony's drunk again and you got demon in a bottle. It pretty much tracks. Yeah. Uh, oh, Tony yells at a guy and says, come get me, bro, to the, to, uh, the Mandarin and chucks the guy's phone. That, that, that's, a, that's a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I've been drunk. I've never called out a supervillain. <laughs> that you are aware of. You but black I, out. But I've been snide to the police <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> Perhaps not as respectful as I should be to a man with a taser. <laughs> but. um, So he's always just. Uh, no, this is the right thing because I thought of it. Um, So it would be interesting for him to hit the wall of that of. Wow, I was wrong, and so wrong the world was almost destroyed. And to have almost a natural human reaction of, okay, maybe I was wrong about everything, so somebody tell me what to do because I can't trust myself. And also, Tony is now living in a world where there there is no um, there there's no Nick Fury because he's gone dark. Yeah, but we we see Nick Fury in the trailer for Age of Ultron, so he's back. But we don't know to what degree, and we don't know who he's communicating with. Well, I don't think he was bringing the car around. (laughs) But my point being that S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer a thing. For the moment. I'm going to take on faith that S.H.I.E.L.D. will be back in full force and order of some type or another by Captain America Civil War. Possibly, but one of the the tenets of, of the comic book was that shield became hammer now granted we don't have like storm and norman <laughs> uh, norman Osborne, Osborne. um to to take point with that but shield was dismantled <laughs> <laughs> how awesome would it be <laughs> if they brought back uh what's his name to be justin hammer and it becomes <laughs> hammer and he's in charge just that would be funny <laughs> yeah uh rockwell sam rockwell yeah. so that would be all right uh, but you know, Tony and Tony trying to get involved in the government in some degree because he sees a vacuum and he sees himself as the smartest guy in the room and therefore he's going to do what he always does and fix it. Yeah, that's I'd say that's also a possibility. Um, God knows the way Robert Downey Jr.'s played him and the way Tony Stark's been written throughout the movies, that kind of hubris kind of exists that he's certainly resisted getting involved in official government. Everything's private. Everything's free market. Everything's just him and he owns it. Yeah. 
so I can, I, I guess that's a possibility decides, okay, everything is so fucked up. I'm the only one who can fix it. Yeah. And my dad was a founding member of shield. I have a responsibility. Well, if it goes that route, I think it's less, I have responsibility and more. You people are fucking morons and move aside and let the man walk through. But well, I, I think if I'm Tony Stark and I, I find out, although I don't know if you will find out, you know, that shield, has done things like hired Zola <laughs> when nobody was looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't so much hire him as just give him free rent and about 15,000 tape drives. But, um, but uh, they no, did hire him. They the hired 70s, him and then, and then they harvested his brain to f- several hundred thousand <laughs> megabytes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> megabytes. I used to have a tape drive. You're being kind. <laughs> You're right. That was just for his glasses. Press play to load Zola. <laughs> Press play to load Zola. That's a possible title. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be I'd be pissed uh, again. You now, if it's if it's something that Howard Stark has had had formed, and I'm his kid, and I see that it's gone to such shit, and I have demonstrated this hubris, and and that's a possibility. The one piece of evidence I will use to say I think it's more likely that. It's just he'll say, I've gone too far. Someone tell me what to do is the line in the trailer where he says, this is the logical end of where of the road I've taken. Yeah. When it fully appears like he's in that shed in upstate New York or whatever from Iron Man 3 where he hung out with the kid with all the license plates on the wall. Yeah, it wasn't creepy or wrong at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not stalking a child. That's <laughs> that's certainly what we want from our superheroes. <laughs> I'm Tony Stark, and I'm shit-faced and womanizing, and where's your kids? <laughs> but I, I would say that's the, and granted, it is a line in a trailer from a movie that, based on how Marvel movies have, I don't want to say bloated, because I've never found myself wanting a cigarette at any point during one of them, but yeah. you know, what was Captain America, two hours and ten minutes last night when we watched it on Blu-ray? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's so, uh, Avengers will be <laughs> another two hours and 20 minutes yeah and you know, from one line you can't do it but it's it's a little piece of evidence that leads me to think it'll be more okay i've gone too far and you just tell me what to do so i don't have to worry that i'm that wrong anymore yeah possibly so but either way if it infringes on liberties then cap has to step up it's what he does yeah and in winter soldier he was very clear that he wouldn't tow the shield line even before shield went completely rogue <laughs> Get 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 closer. <laughs> Why don't you just shake my hand and do that thing where like you kinda rub the palm with the finger just a little bit? Well while you get the, the backside of the hand firmly clasped where there's nowhere for them to go, it's just a sweaty tickle. <laughs> All I know is if I ever see Gary Shandling in public, I'm gonna hose him down with mace if he gets within six feet of me. But so so yeah, it's It'll be interesting to see how they boil this down to two guys, and I think it's probably a smart move for Civil War. It gets rid of a lot of Mark Millar's, let's throw everybody in. And yeah. How are we going to get the Punisher into this? Uh, yeah, boil it down to the two and then move on. Let's to the... blow up Stamford. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but, all right, so next one online is Doctor Strange. Now, Doctor Strange was interesting in that, was it late last week or... Early this week, just before, uh, just before this Marvel event at the porn theater, <laughs> um, that, 
they were there were initial announcements that Benedict Cumberbatch had been cast to be Doctor Strange. How many franchise franchises is he going to get his fingers in? Well, that's the thing. He's the go-to guy for any geek property at this point. You you almost have to try and get him for any character that doesn't visibly use steroids. I feel like Chris Pine's just sitting in a corner right now cutting himself and like, you know, hoping to feel something. I could only be myself. <laughs> I mean, at this point they try to get him for so many things. I keep waiting to hear Cumberbatch, <laughs> Squirrel Girl, 2020. <laughs> I would watch that. Fuck you, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually, I'd be first in line. Unless they showed the El Capitan, I'd need to wear a fucking raincoat. But, but uh, it's not a bad casting choice. I'm, I'm still kind of on the Ethan Hawke, I think I, I'd like. But, the Squirrel Girl? Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> they can play both aspects of her personality. The, the glee and the nut eating. Jesus. But, <laughs> Ethan Hawke for... Um, who did I want for that? I was... oh, we've talked about this before. We've kicked around almost every half-decent actor who even yeah. remotely physically resembles. I, I still wish they were going to go in the Mads Mikkelsen direction. I think that would have been a hell of a Doctor Strange. We've talked about that, and he'd be awesome at it. Yeah. But but yeah, it was just kind of interesting to me. It's like, oh, we got him, and then no, no announcement, no nothing. Right. Uh, negotiations might still be going on, so... I mean, Doctor Strange is another one. I don't have a lot of big history with the character. No, I, I don't mean, either. <laughs> you know, the big psychedelic Steve Ditko stuff, you know, that was before I was born, and he was always just sort of on the fringes of, yeah. of everything, really, until, for me, you know, when he's part of New Avengers, and uh, he's certainly part of Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, So it makes sense to get him into it. But I'm not super psyched about it. But then again, I wasn't super psyched when I... I wasn't super psyched about Guardians of the Galaxy at all until I heard the name James Gunn. Yeah. So with Doctor Strange, yeah, it's... Yeah, and I, I forget who's directing Doctor Strange, but wasn't anybody I was all psyched about. Somebody with like a, a horror movie kind of past, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which makes sense for Doctor Strange. But So that one, yeah, it may come down to the actor, which is what got me excited about Iron Man. As long as it's not like Johnny Depp. Well, <laughs> he he he's too busy doing pirates of the Jack Sparrow's last hope of something. No, right now he's doing Kevin Smith's oh his hose or something. Yeah, the the movie that we're getting instead of Clerks Three. Right. So <laughs> the bone hosers, <laughs> yoga hosers, hose baggers. It, it's it's basically um, recently titled. Uh, Smith Depp nepotism project, I think, is nepotism because <laughs> well, it's it's basically a oh, vanity right. project their for their kids. Okay, God, I wish I had a movie studio. <laughs> Almost have <a> recording studio. <laughs> Almost someday, and I will have no kids to take it from me. <laughs> but so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I think that's going to be a huge part of this because with everything mm-hmm. going to Infinity War, it's a big way to, number one, build up Marvel's cosmic universe a little bit more. Yep. Nebula is a huge part of the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm -hmm. Gamora's part of it at the end. So it makes a lot of sense to really build that up. Plus, yeah, you got James Gunn coming back to it. That first one was just a fun fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, Give me more of that. (laughs) If it all ties in, great. If it doesn't, if it was self-contained, I'd still go see that. And it gives Marvel a chance because... 
and I'm going to have to wait for the Blu-ray to come out next month to check for it. I heard in the collector scene that Adam Warlock was in there, and Adam Warlock... Yeah, he was. Adam Warlock is utterly key to Infinity Gauntlet, and from what I understand about Infinity War. Because I'll go on record right now. I've read Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity War came out when I was a junior in college, and it was either, yes, I'll go buy this one extra comic book out of my budget for two a week, <laughs> or I can get another 40 of... <laughs> Colt 45 and forget that I have that test tomorrow. I think you made the right choice, honestly. I think I did too. <laughs> but So yeah, um but I I checked the plot on Wikipedia cuz that's what you do and certainly yes. well based on how the Infinity Gauntlet end where ended where spoilers Adam Warlock had the Infinity Gauntlet that was basically <laughs> god yeah, he was going to have to come back for the Infinity War to deal with that. So. Yeah, yeah. So Guardians of the Galaxy 2 gives a chance to bring that character out. At the same time, it doesn't need to be Adam Warlock. Yeah, they could they could make it be anybody. But I, as I recall, there was an Easter egg in that scene that the speculation was that it was Adam Warlock. Give it to Howard the Duck. Oh, Jesus. Give it to Howard the Duck. Have Justin <laughs> Hammer be the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> this is why Kevin Feige makes more than $9 an hour. Yeah. And I'm in a second bedroom yammering into a microphone like a spastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dazzler does something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you bring Dazzler into this. Why not? You brought Howard the Duck into this. <laughs> because Dazzler is part of the X titles and Marvel can't use her. Thank you. Jesus, I found it out. Well, as long as they don't call her a mutant. She debuted in X-Men. She's off limits. She debuted. It. Well, yes, she did, but. <laughs> There's no but. She's a mutant. Well, she's a mutant and she's part of the X-Men. So are Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch did not debut in X-Men. They eventually crossed into X-Men. That's where the rights are up, up in the air. They can find a way to get Dazzler into this. <laughs> they probably could because nobody wants fucking Dazzler in anything. <laughs> if Disco came back tomorrow... Marvel would come up with a new disco hero so nobody had to use Dazzler. Dazzler, 2020. You heard it here. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Dazzler. <laughs> I would go see that. I'm, you can tell me how it is. <laughs> so, so, yeah, what else is in the pipe? Thor, Ragnarok. Honestly, I don't really follow Thor a lot. The one... The one thing I got with that was I wasn't able to, through a quick Googling, find a plot that was particularly Ragnarok. Ragnarok, however, is the actual name of Clore. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Now, it's also the end of the world. Well, I know what the word means. I just, I, I don't know that there's a Ragnarok storyline. If there is, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, so I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I think it's related to the World Serpent story and all of that happy horse shit. Um, so... I, my my fear is fear itself. That's that's my concern. Well, it hopefully we won't get to that. Although, uh, having read and having since this announcement reread the Infinity Gauntlet, the Thor and Infinity Gauntlet is uh, what's his name Masterson. Okay, it's not Thor. Thor. Interesting. Yeah. So potentially a way to get a new guy in. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we've talked about how they can. At other show during other episodes, how they could use these as excuses to start slipping and slotting, yeah, different actors shifting out, yes, the people who will cost them money. <laughs> yep. 
uh, and that was the one thing that we didn't talk about with Civil War. You make Tony Stark the bad guy, if I'm right, mm. that's a good way for him to then say, okay, I have to walk away from this and yeah. put Rhodey in the suit yeah. for Avengers 3 and 3.1, or however the fuck they're <laughs> going to call him. So... 3A. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other... Uh, Bigger ones, and when it comes to announcements, they're really two big sort of surprises. Black Panther. Yep. And uh, they've actually made a casting announcement. Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, um, and he was actually at the event. Um, this is a guy, I, I know the name. He's done a lot of movies recently, but I've never seen 42. Never seen Draft Day. Never seen, uh, never saw Get On Up, that James Bo- uh, James Brown movie. Yeah. Supposedly, I've seen him in like one episode of Justified. Okay. And I guess he was in one episode of Detroit 187. All right. Which I liked as sort of the methadone to homicide life on the streets heroin. <laughs> but, I, I liked it too, but I was often drunk while watching it, so I yeah. would have blinked and missed him. So so I, I can't address this guy as an actor. Okay. Um, At least it, at least it's not Chris Tucker <laughs> or Kevin Hart. Oh, God. So, oh. oh, that would um, be the worst. <laughs> yeah. See, and the tricky part with this is I like Black Panther as a character, but my favorite Black Panther stories are in urban environments. Yeah. Like if they said they were going to do... Shadowlands? Um, no, uh, Black Panther Man Without Fear, which oh, was yeah, yeah. Uh, when he took over for Daredevil after Shadowland, okay. uh, written by David Liss. I love that fucking run. That was great. Yeah, and that one had a ton of Francesco Francavilla art. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'd line up, line up for that today. Um. I also kind of liked, in the early 2000s, and I only had a few issues of it, uh, Christopher Priest's run, which is a more <clears throat> traditional Black Panther in Wakanda, if I'm remembering right. Yep. But also, if I'm remembering right, that was a lot more political story mm-hmm. about being a ruler of a nation. I'm not sure how much of that you can fit into a Marvel movie where you need a thinly veiled dick joke every... 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, what year is that one coming out? Uh, that is uh, 2017, November. So. It's possible we could get a quick intro mm. in uh, Age of Ultron, although I think I would think if he was in Age of Ultron, it would have leaked before this. Unless yeah. it's a quick cameo or it's the, uh, the post credit sequence somehow. Well, but. if if Stark needs vibranium for something, that's like your quick and easy. <laughs> well, uh, we have the scene in the Age of Ultron trailer with Cap's vibranium shield broken in half. Yeah. Could be a dream sequence. Could need some quick vibranium. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, I like Black Panther as a character. I'm not sure they can do a movie with him in an urban environment. You know, because yeah, you know, I also like the, the Christopher... Uh, priest, uh, forget the dude's name, but the the guy who found the Black Panther suit, Casper Cole, I think, mm. where, yeah, he was just a cop with the suit trying to be the Black Panther <laughs> with guns. I love that fucking story. I'm the only one because then it was canceled and they put him in the crew and that was canceled. Ah. <laughs> but I, I actually like that one. So I like Black Panther, but the environments that I like that kind of character or that particular character in stories i'm not sure they can do in a movie yeah so still looking forward to it see what happens but 
and then there's uh, Inhumans. Um, yeah, because they can't do the X-Men, so by God, they're going to shove the Inhumans down our throat. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I don't <laughs> care about this movie even in the slightest. I haven't cared as Marvel has tried for the last two years to make me care about the Inhumans. I just, I don't. The new Ms. Marvel is apparently an Inhuman. Okay, good honor. I do <laughs> like that book, but it's not like she's hanging out with... Uh, look, Medusa. Look, your lead Inhuman is a guy who doesn't speak. Yeah. You know, the, the, the second Inhuman is someone with big hair. <laughs> there's a dog That isn't a, Dazzler. Yeah, there's a dog with a tuning fork on his head... And a bunch of other douchebags and a lot of political shenanigans. It's just, I don't care about the Inhumans. Well, unless I, they I never Game have. of Thrones it up or something, yeah, then maybe that might be interesting. Well, <laughs> they, they would have to because Black Bolt can't speak. So if you're going to give me exposition, you better give me some tits. Give me something <laughs> to fucking pay attention to. He's not talking. But, yeah, it's just, I, I've Rob tried. Rob spoken. <laughs> I've tried reading, isn't it Charles Sewell doing Inhuman? I, think I so. tried the first two or three issues, and this week I honestly didn't even pick it up. It's just it's not it's not doing anything for me. I it's not hooking me in. Yeah. None of it is hooking me in in the current Marvel universe. I can't imagine what you'd do for a movie to get me really excited about it. Well, also the problem with going down the the line of the Inhumans means that you're bringing into what would have otherwise been an evolutionary jump with the mutants, which they can't use, um, you know, alien experimentation and the Terrigen mists. So it takes the, the agency of Homo superior out of it, and it's like, nope, you were just a lab experiment. <laughs> well, there's no agency in, yeah, natural selection. You born this way. There's no agency in well, no, this but is like, just how you were dumped out of the womb. At the very womb. least, what, what I think where I was going with the idea of agency... Like, an evolutionary an evolutionary plan <laughs> like this is how the dna is coded to go eventually as yeah, opposed to that's that's utterly the opposite of natural selection that's closer to the terrigen miss and you were experimented with the whole point Damn of nazis <laughs> <laughs> the nazis were trying terrigen miss style <laughs> shit you're way on the wrong side of this i but... know i know no but i, I just <laughs> do it seems more special if it's if it's a mutation rather than an experiment. And that's fine. That's a, a personal preference. Honestly, I don't care one way or the other. Within humans, it's by nature alien and less relatable than I was born this way. That's part of what makes X-Men so powerful is right. the idea of being an outsider because of who you are. Yeah. And... As far as you know, you're just another person like anybody else, but I was born in a particular way and there's nothing I can do about it and I'm being persecuted because of it. That's a powerful thing to tell a teenage reading public. Now, I was experimented on much less so <laughs> unless somebody's been to a Montessori school or some weird shit like that. Well, yeah, it, you get experimented on and you get exposed to the Terrigen mists and... You come out of it with big hair that functions in a Doc Ock capacity. That just... <laughs> All I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> Try new Doc Ock by, <laughs> by Suave. <laughs> but but it, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page. You know, the idea of mutants 
to me is also more powerful. Um, but but for the reasons I just said, yeah. You know, and they're trying like hell with the Terrigen Mist. Oh, it was put down. The with what they're doing in Marvel right now, the, with the crash of Adalon, mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing that right, and yep. yep, the Terrigen Mist escaped, and it happened to people. They had nothing to do with it. They were just living their lives, and then this thing just happened to them. They're they're really trying to amp up the parallels, but it's it, it feels forced to me. It's just I, I've never particularly cared about the Inhumans. It's yeah. It, and you're gonna have to try really hard to make me. Then again, I never cared about Guardians of the Galaxy. They made me. Yeah. So it's too too early for me to say, but I don't have a lot of else to comment on except in humans. I just don't care right now. You know, good. It'll be a Marvel movie. They're usually fun. <laughs> Arguably the biggest announcement: Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, you know the first Marvel movie and one of the few superhero movies ever with a, a female lead um which is cool kelly do kelly sue DeConnick has been really doing really good stuff with that book uh, i didn't like the first arc I've, I've said it before on other shows it felt a little on the nose with yeah you know go back and meet your female heroes and get empowered and th- that didn't work for me but i'm a dude not it, everything has to work for it me. it didn't work for me but i also don't really care about world war ii stories so <laughs> yeah so uh, that doesn't help but yeah. yeah not every story has to be for me Beyond that arc, I've really enjoyed it. It's on my pulls. You know, I've been enjoying the book a lot, particularly the last few. Um, if they don't cast Katie Sackoff yeah. in this, they're they're fucked. They're burnt, and they're in their own goddamn way. <laughs> exactly. It's number. She's the one who everyone wants. It's perfect casting. She looks the part. Yeah. Captain Marvel is a cocky fighter pilot. Katie Sackoff played has demonstrated Starbuck. she can do that. Yeah. Yeah. She said she's open to doing it. If Ike Perlmutter gets cheap and decides to go with an unknown to save a few bu- few bucks, it's just going to look like Marvel Studios is trying to self-sabotage yeah. the first movie with a female lead, and that's not going to be good press. Um, Other names that have been bandied around are like Jessica Chastain and Emily Blunt, I think. And I don't think either is is just on-the-nose perfect for it. No. Look, Iron Man became huge because they got the perfect guy to play Tony Stark. Right. You got a chance to do it again with Captain Marvel. Don't yeah. fuck around with it. Do you hear that, Ike? Don't fuck around. <laughs> don't say it too loud. He'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Ike carries. We don't know what he looks like. There's no pictures. <laughs> He'll get you on the way to the bathroom. He hates when you go to the bathroom. But Somehow it's costing him money that I'm going to the bathroom. Well, <laughs> are you reading a Marvel book while you're on the toilet? No. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> You're dead to him. Then that might mean really dead. So <laughs> shut up. But it, plus uh, the timing of this movie in between the two. The uh, Actually, no, this is this is before the first Infinity War. So great. You got another character who's perfect for the cosmic stuff. Yep. 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 Just yeah, get her in there. Help take out Thanos. It, this is Katie Sackhoff. K.A. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, they'd be dumb. I mean, you don't have to give her points. Just write her a fat check. Yeah. You know, give her the points on the other side of it. You've yeah. paid Downey. And now you got Downey set up for Captain America Civil War to be his last movie if you need it to. Right. So. Don't be stupid, Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there's the Infinity War ones. Now, again, I've read Infinity Gauntlet. I have not read Infinity War, and I really meant to. 
but it, it shows the effect on just general geekdom that these Marvel movie announcements have. All this stuff was announced on Tuesday. We went to the comic store on Wednesday. Yep. Like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thing the owner of the comic uh, of the store said was, you know, I wasn't in front of my computer or anything when this is going on on Tuesday, but I knew something was up because my phone started ringing and people were calling asking if I had Infinity War. I got like 10 calls. <laughs> Goddamn thing's been sitting on the shelf for years. It's just a, it's a, an inventory book. But and so, so that's how he knew something was happening. So, yeah, we couldn't get our hands on it. I decided not to get it digitally. I'll just sort of keep my eye open for it. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet is a good story. It is another huge scope story like Civil War is. How they can do it with a limited number of heroes they have, even if they start going to uh, the TV shows. Yeah. I mean, how you get Luke Cage into... Space. The Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> I don't know. But then again, Spider-Man was in it. Why not? Um. But yeah, I mean, some of the key players have already been introduced or going to be introduced dr strange is a big one mm-hmm. uh drax was involved nebula mm-hmm. um you know certainly captain america thor gamera gamera although gamera was really only part of infinity gauntlet at the very end mm. but uh, she was in on it so so yeah i mean they, they've certainly got all the pieces in place to do infinity gauntlet i can't really address infinity war the perverse part of me is going, oh, why don't you do the Korvac saga? <laughs> have you read that one? We have it. I've not yet read it. It's <laughs> sitting over there waiting for me to read it. It's a cosmic powered being goes to Earth, goes to Jersey, and battles the Avengers to preserve his right to live as a human and pork his wife. It's fucking glorious. <laughs> it's beautiful. It would <laughs> That should just be webisodes. Yeah. It's yeah, throw that <laughs> on the end of Blu-rays. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Just, yeah, CGI all the Avengers. Yeah. You don't need any of the actors. Nobody says anything. Just show up and that have sh- a... Yeah, that should just be webisodes. Yeah, just fight the pork his wife. So, <laughs> like a five-part series. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's basically... But the... his wife is supposed to be what's-her-face that touched the uh, the jewel in Guardians of the Galaxy and blew the fuck up. That was oh, the collector's... It? Yeah. That was Korvac's wife? Yeah. See, I haven't read it for a while. Oh, shit. Now i got to read Korvac again and get my hands on Infinity War. It's going to be a big couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Well, now you got room in here to read. <laughs> there you go. The room's getting better. But <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, anything else you want to talk about with the movie before we move on to a couple of comic books? Because, yeah, we're already an uh, hour 15 I, in. I, I'm, so. I'm, I'm excited for it, but I'm also, you know, cautiously excited for it. Everything has been well planned so far. So there's all, all this sort of just sense of when when do we have the turkey? Like <laughs> Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man. Possibly, very possibly. I just, I have no enthusiasm for Ant-Man. We've talked about it a few times. It's uh, who is it? The guy who directed uh Anchorman? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, is directing it and I was psyched for Edgar Wright. I I loved The World's End. It was my favorite movie last year. And now it's uh, it's some other dude and we've overhauled the script and Yeah. It just, it, I, I'll see it. I'll probably go see it in the theater. I'm just not looking forward to it at this point. Ant Man, contractually obligated Paul Rudd movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It's there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing in these announcements that lead me to believe that Marvel has any faith in it at this point. Right. 
you, know, you could certainly throw Ant Man into the Avengers. Ant Man was not a part of the Korvac saga. <laughs> <laughs> and he certainly wasn't part of the Infinity Gauntlet. No. So, but I don't know how you fit him into anything. Oh, you can fit him in. He he, he can become fun-sized. He'll fit anywhere. <laughs> I mean, the other interesting thing about this is, as big as the Hulk was in the first Avengers, there's no Hulk movie here. Right. There's no Black Widow movie here. There's no Hawkeye movie here. Right. Yeah, and I know that all of those actors have sort of said, oh, yeah, sort of hoping to get a higher profile. Well, yeah, well, my understanding is that Black Widow is supposed to have a fairly significant part in uh, these upcoming movies. So they may feel that, at least in, in her character's case, that arc is playing itself out in properties that are currently under development. Yeah. Well, poor Jeremy Renner with Mockingbird in <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. He might find himself saying, how many episodes a year? Son of a bitch. Where's my contract? <laughs> Possibly, or or he'll sign himself up for some born movie, and that'll be it. <laughs> like, no, it's even there. Matt Damon's supposed to be coming back to that. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Webisodes, we'll find out about what happened in Budapest. <laughs> Webisodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? It's been working out for him so far. A crossover into Doctor Horrible or something. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some actual comic books. Okay. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, the Sabretooth one and then, All right. then the other one. <laughs> so, yes, speaking of events, we're still locked on to Death of Wolverine. Wolverine is dead. And now we've got, as Marvel has been doing with every event that they've done, at least... The Aftermath. Uh, yeah, just Aftermath book after Aftermath book after Aftermath book. And with this one, there were... Two this week, uh, there were more than two, but there were two that jumped out. One being really kind of good, and the other really did at least nothing for me. Yes. So, let's start with the shit. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Death of Wolverine, The Logan Legacy, number three, uh, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Jonathan Marks. Um, yeah, this is basically following <clears throat> Sabretooth's reaction to Wolverine's death, and that reaction... Spoilers, by the way, from here on out. <laughs> um, the, and his reaction to that death is to go to... Africa. Yeah. And, and uh, kill things. Yep, just sort of join up with whatever local mercenary army and kill anything that walks, moves, just, or crawls. Yeah, just tear a swath of death. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't have enough problems down there right now. <laughs> yeah. So, and and the theory is that he, he feels such loss over the fact that he wasn't the one to kill Logan that he's just going to kill to prove that he's a big man. He's going to kill to fill the hole. But in the meantime, <laughs> okay, I could sort of buy that. Because, yeah, these two have been tied together for years, and it was my first guess at the beginning of Death of Wolverine that it would come down to Sabretooth versus Logan. Well, yeah, that's that's what you would expect. Yeah. So uh, I, can, I can buy that kind of reaction and that he would deal with it by just amping up his violence. But this issue opens and opens with and has through a couple of spaces. He's just grabbing short dudes. <laughs> he is. And, he, and he's plastering on like button chops and calling them Logan and killing them. Yeah. And, and, and slapping like knives on his on their hands. Just. <laughs> yeah. Just gluing butcher knives on the back of their hands and, and gutting them like, like some 
dumped 19-year-old who's going on Craigslist. She said, wear this wig and call yourself Charlene because that bitch walked out on me. And she never let me do it. It's pathetic. And yeah. it's just sad. And I don't necessarily believe it from Sabretooth. No. I mean, yeah, it's it's like he's moping that Logan walked out on him instead of dying in a hail of molten adamantium. You can't fire me. I quit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so you've got this sad, almost psychosexual yeah. snuff shit going on. And then he's going out and the theory is by the end of it, he's all psyched that he's found someone who fought him and hurt him. So maybe he can move on. This is this is BDSM fucking oh, saber tooth. And that's if you can follow the artwork, because by the time they got into the fight with the super powered character at the end, I couldn't tell who's winning. I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it was. a. Did he kill him? I don't... <laughs> yeah. Marx's stuff was really kind of abstract and thick lined they were pretty panels individually but i had difficulty following the sequence of the action yeah the violence was very difficult to to follow the storytelling was really kind of problematic and i just sort of took on faith after a while okay dude getting cut up i can i can sort of understand what's going on enough to keep going and as a writer i typically like kyle higgins work yeah but there was such a deeply disturbing you know, smitten, smited, <laughs> ex-lover. It, it was really weird. Symbiotic. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, no, not even symbiotic. Stalkerish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Logan walked out on me, and I'm just going to leave a trail of... I. It, it was... Just stand in front of his grave with a boombox. <laughs> In your eyes. Yeah, but it was it was almost yeah sexually deviant, and it was disturbing to me. And if that's what he was going for, that's fine. But I've never really seen anything from Sabretooth to indicate that kind of dependency. Yeah. <laughs> to the point of this kind of really aberrant behavior. Well, it would be like if the Joker fixated on Batman that way, it would be almost as disturbing. Yeah. Like, you need me to flesh you out. And if I don't exist, then you don't exist. And <laughs> Yeah, but the Joker is legitimately insane. I can picture the Joker killing Batman and then just sort of adrift. Yeah. Just saying, well, this is how I'm going to let him catch me, and then I never have to get out again. Yeah, just dressing dudes up in Batman suits and <laughs> tuning them up. Frankly, didn't we see that in the yeah. Harley, uh, Harley Quinn? <laughs> That's what he'd do. But the yeah. Joker's fucking nuts. Yeah, nuts in a way that Sabretooth isn't. So this just, yeah, the the whole, I was sort of like, whoa, this is just not. Maybe he's not, brain damaged from being around Viper's Venom so much in, in the arc leading up to he's this. He's got a healing factor. That shouldn't be an issue. It's an inconsistent characterization, but we've we've had so many inconsistent characterizations at this point. It's just like, all right, well, eventually somebody else will write them and... It'll be like that didn't happen. It was like early Kyler with too much hair. I love you. I'll kill you, bitch. <laughs> it was, yeah, th- this issue just didn't work for me. I didn't buy Sabretooth's characterization. It was disturbing. Well, maybe in a that's way the problem is, is Higgins spent so much time on the Bat books that he's having difficulty shifting out of that. Well, it's possible because I, I do generally 
like his stuff. This one was just a big misfire for me. Yeah. You know, both on the the writing and the art. This one I just couldn't get into it and I didn't buy it. All right. So we'll move on to one that I did buy and I did like. Um Death yeah. of Wolverine, uh Deadpool and Captain America. This was Th- just a fun book. I was expecting nothing from this. Yeah. Because all right, this will be another goof thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, written by uh Jerry Duggan uh with art by Scott Collins. Um yeah, this sort of basic theory behind this one, which is something it doesn't really occur to me a lot, but the, the theory is Deadpool and Captain America working together and having a connection along with Wolverine as being super soldier experiments. Yeah. With Captain America being the successful one. Deadpool being the not successful one. <laughs> yeah, and, and Wolverine <laughs> sort of walking the line. Yeah. And it's something that doesn't occur to to me a lot. But certainly, yeah, it makes sense. As Captain America is the successful one, he's just a superhero. But it does make sense that maybe there's a connection between these three guys. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, uh, Captain America, you know, the the currently aged Captain America, <laughs> Steve Rogers, um, mm-hmm. and Deadpool, trying very hard to make sure that nobody can clone Wolverine. So they're going through, and they're they're purifying with fire as necessary um, all of. Logan's belongings. They're trying to track down this dagger that has Wolverine's blood on it that got sold on eBay to AIM. <laughs> yeah. So a, a bulk of the the issue is yeah these guys trying to break and AIM and retrieve this thing. And yeah, this was it was a hoot. Just good funny lines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from both Daredevil and Captain America. What was it? Uh, Daredevil. Uh, sorry, Deadpool and Captain America. Yep. Uh, was it Deadpool talking about all the hair in the drain? Wolverine's hair has hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as they just try to incinerate everything and uh, yeah, leaving Captain uh, leave elderly Captain America to take out the first guards. I just wanted to see how many steps you had. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Your your lawn will remain unmessed with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, a human connection between these two and of both saying yeah this isn't having wolverine cloned is not what he would want yeah uh while still having fun blowing up the aim headquarters yeah the moment where uh deadpool says yeah i he's rummaging through the trash and steve rogers is like what are you doing it's like i can make a, a disguise out of anything and w- wouldn't you know what he's able to come up with a r- relatively shitty but Passable aim costume. <laughs> yeah, which is just a fucking garbage bag on his head with a friggin' eye slit cut out, which looks just enough like an aim costume. <laughs> but only just enough for the reader. The, the, the guard is like, Billy, you got a garbage bag on your head? Stop, stop getting around. <laughs> yeah. While still just wearing his Deadpool costume. Yeah. So it's red and black with a garbage bag on his head. Yeah, no, it was fun, and uh, it was it was fun to kind of watch like the various pop culture references that Deadpool would drop to see what Steve did and didn't pick up on. The end where Steve decides that he's going to blow up the AIM building, and he dumps a load of fuel on it, and Deadpool's all like, "The roof, the roof is on fire!" And that was my plan. <laughs> oh, forget it. Yeah, <laughs> but he got a Star Wars reference earlier, and it was, it was all yeah. good. And see, I like that again, having just rewatched 
Captain America Winter Soldier where, yeah, he's just dutifully taking notes of things that he should watch. And Star Wars was one yeah. of them. So, so, yeah, I finally was, saw that. Yeah. That's kind of like Flash Gordon. I eh, never heard of it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if you're... Certainly, if you're reading every single Death of Wolverine crossover book coming out, well, number one, it means you probably go to a comic store like I do, where yeah. they're very loose with when you say, I'd like Wolverine on my pulls. Suddenly, you're getting all the Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, lets me keep up on this. And some of them are winners and some uh, not so much so. Well, one of the things I also liked about this is, and again, we said we were going to spoil things with this. Um, Deadpool is left with a bit of a conundrum at the end of this book, and it's in line with what Dugan's been doing in the main Deadpool title in terms of what would happen if you had a slightly more serious, less goofy uh, Deadpool. Yeah, I have seen moments of that in the main title. And so now he's left with this yeah, conundrum. I have the weapon. I have the DNA. I have the means to actually... I have the means to actually clone. <laughs> Do I or, or don't I? <laughs> Yeah, and it's really a, you know, <laughs> considering it's Deadpool in front of a cloning machine. It's <laughs> surprised it, he's not just jamming his own junk in there going, wee! Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I'd do. <laughs> Believe me, it wouldn't be me going to work that day. But, <laughs> but it's, it's really kind of a, a human moment of him trying to cut through his own fog and motivations of, all right, look, clearly I want to do this, but am I doing this for me? Am I doing it for Wolverine? Am I doing it for Steve Rogers? Should I do it at all? And it leaves it on very much of an ambiguous note as to what actually happens. Right. Because he does point out, you know, if you were to bring Wolverine back at this point, you're not getting the one that, you know, is Professor Wolverine who's been through some shit and now knows how to behave in public. Yeah. You're getting the feral killing machine. Yeah. Who is untempered by wisdom? <laughs> yeah, well, in the real world, you're, you're getting an infant. But yeah, that's. <laughs> thank you, comic books. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but you know, and it's possible that this is the out. Yeah. We all know Wolverine's not staying dead, so maybe this is the way out. But I like that it didn't tell us, and it showed Deadpool was really trying to do as much of the right thing as he could figure out what it was. I thought it was really good. Well, if there's one character who has multiple means, potentially, of of bringing back or getting in touch with Wolverine right now, it is actually Deadpool, because you know he's married to like the, the Queen of Hell. <laughs> yeah, Queen of the Vampires. Yeah. So, yeah, Wolverine could be back tomorrow. All right, yeah, it tastes for blood. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> so, he, he, he could... He could resolve this in a future issue by asking his wife if she hasn't completely kicked him out at this point. Because that's also been a running theme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, is Wolverine Shade wandering around down here? Can I talk to him? <laughs> yeah. So, the Deadpool. We're, we're, we're talking about this issue or a different one where uh, this week where it's if Deadpool's the... Oh, it's oh, the, yeah. the honorable mention that I wanted to throw up for Thunderbolts. Um, which yeah. was written by Hacker uh, and Baker. Yeah, hold on. I brought that up. Uh, yeah, this is Thunderbolts 32. Uh, I believe that's the last it issue. It is. This is the finale issue. Yep. So written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Blacker that's not confusing sorry. at all. No. Um, with art by Kim Yacinto. I guarantee I pronounced that wrong. Jacinto. But, but yeah, so it, this this was the, the, the long-awaited resolution of the Punisher versus Thunderbolts storyline. And... In it, 
the Thunderbolts get themselves back together to finally take out Red Leader. Um, mostly they, they're hired help for Hawkeye and Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Who basically make Ross feel like shit throughout the whole thing. Like you, you ran a really shitty team and you did this to yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Deadpool spends an inordinate amount of time or possibly just the right amount of time pointing out to Ross as well. Yeah. See, Punisher here is a class act. He could be reminding you now <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> of, of how he was right all along and see how he's not doing that. <laughs> class act, Frank, class act. But by the end of it, like after Hawkeye, you know, says to Ross yet again, you, you did this to yourself and you're a loser. <laughs> um, Deadpool points out like, look, yet you, you got together a, a, a group of loners. <laughs> yeah. To, to try to, to be a team. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, it's... <laughs> and if Deadpool is the voice of fucking reason... <laughs> yeah, it when this version of Thunderbolts first came out... Yes. Uh, has Sewell been writing it from the beginning? I honestly don't remember. Um, I want to say it might have been Parker initially, because he had the last run where it left off before they rebooted. Okay. But yeah, at the time, I thought, you know, this is the kind of Thunderbolts that gets put together if you're in seventh grade on the schoolyard. Yeah. You know, no, it would be fucking badass if <laughs> Electro worked with the Punisher and Venom. And and I really, it didn't do a lot for me to start with. And it was one of those, it's okay enough. You know, Thunderbolts has been on my polls for a while. I'm going to leave it there. It really, over the last year and a half, couple years... It's really come to grow on. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing that can be sustained. No. The the fact of the matter is Punisher would not be on a team. No. Punisher wouldn't be on a team to start with. Electro wouldn't be on a team. Yeah. So, but, and that's what got Greg Rucka off of Punisher was, he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not going to write it anymore. And that's a shame because that was a good run. Yeah. Edmondson's been doing a decent run with him. And apparently that's getting canceled and rebooted. Yeah. But. But so it's one of those things that it couldn't be maintained for long. But it it grew on me, uh, made as much sense as it could, fell apart probably in the way that it had to fall apart. And yeah, this is not a bad ending to it. It was a fun issue. Yeah, it's they spent a nice amount of time wrapping things up. Um, I liked the placement of what turns out to be the secret agent who takes care of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a fun issue. And. Um, you should be very afraid of irradiated pandas. That's what I learned as a takeaway from this. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's self-contained enough. All you need to know is it's all the Thunderbolts plus a few Avengers after Red Leader. Yes. And it's it's a fun read. And then it's over. And then and it's over. There'll be new Thunderbolts. It's like potato chips. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right. Is that it? We good? I think we're good. All right. So, yes. Downstairs, watch Walking Dead. <sighs> yes. After I uh, post-process this, this thing so I don't sound like a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> but, uh, so, yes. Uh, don't know where you found this episode. God knows once it's on the internet, we don't control it. But you can find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. You can email us at uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Yep. We are on Twitter. At Infinite Midlife. Thank you. 
And uh, we're actually trying to be a little bit more active on that. A lot yeah. of, For a long time, it was just, oh, here's a new thing that's up on the website. But uh, trying to play around with it a little bit more. Uh, we are uh, on iTunes. If you happen to find us there, do us a favor. Check us a review. You know, uh, give us a rating. You know, we, we do this thing in a vacuum, in a closed room, Demonstrate upstairs. to us that you're not a bot. Exactly. <laughs> we do this closed in upstairs with our only audience, a screaming cat who's right outside the door and really pissed off at us right now. He's so unhappy with us. Let us know what you think. Yeah. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. We are. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. I think the cat needs to be fed or at least paid attention to before he destroys everything we love. I fed the cat. All right, well. <laughs> but, yes. I'm going to pat him on the head so he doesn't break my fucking shit. Okay. <laughs> This has been episode 40 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and uh, enter. That cat is fucking insane today. Yes. And so am I. Tell me I still have beer. You have beer. You're telling me the truth, right? As far as I know. Damn it. You have whiskey. That works. Done. (laughs) We're out.